As always, we thank you for joining us for today's Power Walk Ministries broadcast. Reverend Paul Cannings is currently teaching on the sermon series titled, Giving, God's Prophet and Our Blessing. Dr. Cannings is the founder and president of Power Walk Ministries and the senior pastor of Living Word Fellowship Church in Houston. Through the examples of Peter and Paul and their perspective on the things of this world, Dr. Cannings encourages us to consider what really matters in life. Here he is now with part one of the message titled, The Heart of Giving. I found something very interesting being around my mom. It's how there is a sense of contentment. If I said to mom, let me go buy you this, let me take you here, let's go out to eat, let's do this, it's, I'm okay, just glad you're here. Not that my mom was ever a person that just go out and buy the world, but all of a sudden, in the midst of just looking at life and relishing in the grandkids and great-grands and looking at all that life has blessed her to see and to achieve, the things that are most important have become most relevant. I wondered why we can't learn that when we're young. In a country where people can buy and achieve some of the most fascinating things, whether it's technology or homes that are just gorgeous, cars that are beautiful, ride really nice, that we can lose touch with the whole aspect of what contentment can provide as we learn and experience Christ intimately. Because the more people experience Christ, it seems like the less they desired the world. I mean, there was a time when Peter had a good fishing business. And Peter and his good fishing business got really good the day when Christ allowed him to have such a catch, he needed help with another boat. But that's the very day when Peter grasped that Jesus Christ is no ordinary man, that Peter left his business on the most profitable day to follow Christ. He left everything. Wait a minute. How did we just leave everything to follow Christ when you just filled up two boats of fish? This is your business. You have bills to pay. Peter served Christ to such a level that he would say to a person in the book of Acts, that silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. In other words, at this point in his life, he does not have anything. In Matthew, and Jesus said to them, verse 21 of Matthew chapter 19, if you wish to be complete, if you wish to be complete, Go and sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. Peter then responds to this in verse 27. Peter said to him, Behold, we have left everything and followed you. What then will be there for us? And Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, that you who have followed me in the generation whom the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you also shall sit among the twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel, and everyone who has left houses and brothers and sisters and father, mother, and children or farms for my name's sake will receive many times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. Folks, listen to this carefully. Jesus Christ is saying, if a person is complete, Paul is telling us in Philippians chapter 4, he says in verse 11, Not that I speak from want, of I've learned to be content in whatever circumstance I am. I know how to get along with humble means. I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. 
says, I've learned a secret. This is what the rich young ruler was after. How do I experience this life you are talking about, this eternal life? I have done everything I need to do. I'm very wealthy. So what am I missing here? When it comes to material wealth, I've got that. When it comes to obeying the law, I have that. But this life, this eternal life, this quality of life, this inner peace, this ability to love no matter who the person is, no matter how bad the person is around me, to love them, this self-control, this strength in perseverance. How can I gain that life? I, I can't buy it. It's not for sale. I I have obeyed God. I can't seem to gain it. So how does this work? No, 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 no. The problem isn't obeying God. The problem is that in obeying God, you keep depending on your wealth to establish you as a young ruler. Um, Most times the rulers weren't young. They were respected for being seasoned and therefore they were looked at for leadership because they had lived a while. So they're seasoned and therefore they were one of the qualifications for them being a leader was that fact that they were older. This young was young. He had influence. He had power. And he's saying, no, but you see, you, you're leaning on that. And you're believing that's what it is. Christ is saying, no, that, that's not going to take you there. Paul is now coming and saying, it's a secret that he learned. What, what is a secret? When we look at the word in verse 11, want, he's saying, not that I speak from want. You flip right into Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He restored my soul. What is he saying? He says, the Lord is my shepherd. He takes such good care of me. I can be like the lamb that skips in the field and rejoice because I can live carefree because he's my shepherd. Because he watches over me. He cares for me. He promises to never leave me nor forsake me. This is the God who made a covenant with his people. This is the Jesus who made a covenant on Calvary's cross that we could say. The Lord is my shepherd. Therefore, I lack nothing. Wait a minute, David, you're running around the countryside. Saul is trying to kill you. I lack nothing because God keeps protecting me. Come on, David, you were acting as if you've lost your mind among the Philistines in order to save your life. I lack nothing. David, you went to many wars. You were such a warrior. God didn't want you to build a temple. I lack nothing. David, how could you say you lack nothing? Because he's my shepherd. It doesn't mean I didn't have situations in my life where I didn't need to depend on him. It doesn't mean that I didn't have situations in my life where I need to lean on him and look to him for victory, to give me advice, to give me strength to fight Goliath, to give me the strength to keep running from Saul, and who became a hater, who was angry, and not want to fight back. It, it took self-control to do that. It is not that I didn't need these things. Is that he kept developing me. He kept putting me in green pastures. He kept putting tables before my enemies. He kept letting my cup overflow. He kept finding ways to do so much every day. He kept leading me through the valley and the shadow of death so that I went through one valley and shadow and came out and realized that was just a valley and a shadow of death. It wasn't really death because he was leading me. I was obeying him. I was following him. When Saul was just about to catch me and kill me, he led me away. So God in his goodness and his grace, even when I look at his actions around me, I actually lack nothing because he is so sufficient. He's so complete. He's such a loving God, such a merciful God, such a caring God, a God that has all power to do everything he needs to do. A God that has a power to make all grace abound to me. There's a God that could sustain the earth, could stop it for a day. There's a God that keeps the earth spinning, the sun shining. This God is so sufficient, so complete, so powerful, so sustaining that when I Allow him to lead and guide me as my shepherd. I end up lacking nothing. You see, folks, the issue in life is not what I lack. It's whom I need. 
You see, what Paul is teaching us here in verse 11, he says, not that I speak from want. In other words, why would Paul say that? We have to back up for a minute. Paul has literally brought us to this point because he's saying in chapter one, he says, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. I am sold out for Christ. So it doesn't really matter what they do to me. If they plan to kill me while I'm here on our house arrest, I'm not sweating that because my God is able. To do exceedingly abundantly all I could ever ask or think. I know he is. He's capable. My God can sustain me. He'll, nothing will separate me from his love, he would say in Romans chapter 8. Paul is saying in verse 25 of chapter 2, he says, I thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, who is your messenger and minister to my need. See, you guys, God sent you. I've never called you. I'm here on the house arrest, been coming this way for a while, been shipwrecked, gone through this, gone through that, and God sustained me, and then God allow you to find me. So what is it by you being here tells me that having him as my shepherd, I don't lack anything because he'll find a way to provide for my needs according to his riches in glory. And that's why Paul says, there was a time when I relied on popularity and power, but I've learned to count it all lost. Chapter three, for whatever things were gained to me, those I have counted as lost for the sake of Christ. I so am obsessed with experiencing him intimately and living for him powerfully. I've learned that the value of life has nothing to do with anything. It has more to do with the person of Christ who sustains everything. That's why he would say in verse 9, I may be found in chapter 3 of Philippians, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. I would live in the power of the resurrection. So anything that is dying around me, I can overcome it. Anything that seems to want to kill me, God will provide a way through it. That's what he says in chapter 1. He says in verse 22 of chapter 1, For I am to live on in the flesh. This will mean fruitful labor for you if I'm to live on. And I do not know which to choose. I'm hard-pressed from both directions, having the desire to depart and be with Christ, and that is very much better. Yet to remain on in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy. They want to take my life. They want to kill me. For me to live is Christ and die is gain. But if I live, this is how I'm going to live for Christ. Because I want to live in the power of the resurrection. So even if they're talking about killing me, I can live and overcome it because Christ has given me the strength to get it done. And I'm the one to get the mission done. See, Paul had come to this point where he would say in verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. I want to live in his power. And when I live in his power, is nothing his power lacks. So I have no want. That's why he would say in verse 13, I can do all things of chapter 4 of Philippians through Christ who strengthens me because I'm living in the power of the resurrection and that power lacks nothing. We come to the issue of giving and we're more focused on giving rather than how can we give cheerfully is because we have a heart that is surrendered to Christ. So therefore, I lack nothing. So therefore, I can release whatever God instructs me to when it's time to give. The place to start is where's our heart. True words from Dr. Paul Cannings. The more we experience Christ, the less we desire the things of the world. If this message rang true with you and you'd like your own copy to review over and over, then give us a call to secure your copy. 
at 281-260-7402. That's 281-260-7402. You can visit us online at powerwalkministries.org where you can browse through all of our ministry resources. We do need you to partner with us, folks. Uh, You could do that in several ways. Yes, please pray for us. We travel, we train pastors and their wives and do much in ministry. So pray for us. God keeps our health and strength and continue to bless this ministry by providing us his wisdom and knowledge and opportunities to serve him. So pray for us. But we also can become involved in the ministry by participating on our website, by buying books. A secure place. Don't have to worry about anything uh, being you know, stolen from you. And uh, I pray that you would participate that way. Another way, you could just become one of our partners, our supporters, and, and join with others who partner with us to see this ministry be what God wants it to be and desires it to be and has blessed it to be in the few years that God has allowed us to serve you. So I pray you will become our partner and be active in what God is doing in Power Walk Ministries. And if you live in the Houston area and you don't have a church home, you're welcome to visit Reverend Cannings and his congregation at Living Word Fellowship Church. It's located at 7350 T.C. Jester Boulevard in Houston. Now remember, the more you love Christ, the more cheerfully you'll be able to give for His work. 